This is the Take Your Meds podcast, your safe space to explore how you can brighten up your life from the inside out. We're diving deep into the different medicine millennials take to turn their light on. Season one gives some insights into how you can navigate your quarter life crisis and find the confidence to be your authentic self. On this episode, I sit down with a big inspiration in my life, Bryony McKenzie. Listen in to hear how refining your mindset turns into medicine. Kia ora and welcome back to the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm very excited to have on the episode today, Bryony McKenzie. Bryony McKenzie is kind of like my soul sister. I feel like I'm at home when I'm with her and she is such a mirror for so many possibilities. We got to work together a couple of years ago when I was in a really dark place and she coached me into my greatness and I'll be forever grateful for that. Um, she's a coach. She is world-class. She's just unbelievable. So we're very, very grateful and lucky to have her on the episode today. So kia ora and welcome, Bryony. Kia ora. So great to be with you today. Very excited. Beautiful. So we've just sat down with The Muse Tarot by Chris Ann and we've pulled Temperance for our space and time together. What does temperance bring up for you? Is that a word that you're in your vocab, in your life right now? Mm, it's, it's not something that's like um, that I use day to day. However, when you said it, I felt a sense of groundedness. That's what I experienced, which was, yeah. Interesting. Mm, beautiful, okay. Harmony, balance, middle of the path, avoiding excess, blending energies and ideas, alchemy, finding purpose, meaningful encounters, turning a life lesson into spiritual gold, patience, healing. And the prompt is around measured moderation. So the gods took equal parts fast and slow, equal parts material and spiritual, and equal parts she and he. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And they mixed them into their lotus cauldron as they stirred to life the muse of temperance. They needed this balance and malleability in the world for their voice of reason would bring them together in a beautiful blend of oneness. Temperance doesn't jump to excess. She doesn't rely on the dark or the full moon. Instead, she is a mosaic of parts and she melts in melts it all together in a way that spins the best of the best of the best into one. She weaves purpose and harmony into the lives of others. And her greatest alchemical gift is the treasure of healing. She reminds you to turn despair into the gift of patience and blend the need to thrive with the need to enjoy. When you walk the middle path that is available to you, what areas find greater balance? I am the divine weaver of duality. I hold you. I am essence. And our evolution of becoming is rooted in the mixing. Very, very relevant. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's a bit woo woo. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's yeah, poignant and relevant and yes, a direct mirror of yeah, exactly what we're processing. So it's beautiful. That's amazing. Is there anything in there that you want to share that's really resonated or stood out? I think um, the, the the distinction, I love dualities. I love, it's one of my favourite things to talk about is that everything is a duality, everything is a paradox and it's all important and it's all relevant. And personally for me currently, the biggest duality I'm experiencing is is the duality of the masculine and feminine within business, right? And I go from you know, a deep healing session um, that provides some guidance as to where I need to go for myself and then into a freaking strategy Excel spreadsheet and and realizing that how, you know, how do we bring those worlds together because they're both so important and they're both so relevant. Um, and when you were reading that, it was like the thrive to the joy, which is, uh, I think, a distinction that is, is constantly, I love growth, I love expansion, I'm passionate about humans realizing, you know, what's possible for themselves, and what's the point if we're not enjoying and bringing that, like, the context of how we're doing that isn't right, you know, um, like, how do we do that with joy and patience and love and all, and because the context of how we're going to thrive is, is everything, so I think that's, yeah, something I'm always talking to clients about. Um, so for me personally, experiencing the masculine feminine paradigms in business and working with others, really thinking about, yeah, let's thrive, let's expand, but let's make sure the entire way we're getting the lessons, we're enjoying the gold, we're having fun, we're celebrating the wins, you know, like, otherwise what's the point? Yeah. Mm, that's so good and so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'd love to just start by you introducing you with your pronouns. I feel like everyone else will will give a version of you when introducing you, but I'd love to hear what your version is. How would you like to introduce yourself with your pronouns? She, her pronouns. Um, and do you want me to share part of my, my story or how I'd create myself? Yes, let's go there. Okay. Uh yeah, it's quite interesting actually. Um, the I think when I think of uh, myself as you know introducing myself in my journey, I think really important to be really honest and transparent that five or six years ago, uh, I felt like a shell of a human being, um, and I felt like I was living someone else's life. Um, and this traditional narrative of success, having the partner, having the apartment, working corporate law. Um, but there was, regardless of the, that life, there was a deep knowing that there was something so much deeper within me. Um, and that all I really had to do was trust and allow and move towards that. Um, and when I did that, you know, and this is going to sound pretty woo-woo in a sense, but I felt like the whole identity I'd built for myself, this whole version of me just kind of dissolved. Um, and then I was allowed, like, uh, I was allowed to be used for, for a purpose in some sense, right? It kind of started to feel like the me that I'd created, this whole identity of Bryony McKenzie disappeared. And I was like, allowed myself to be pulled by this purpose and something so much deeper and so much greater. Um, so yeah, it's interesting now when, um, <laughs> introducing me, I'm like, uh, there's, there's, I think what the world sees, but then there's your experience of 
who you are for the world and I often just feel like just a vessel of transformation possibility um yeah I don't know if that's way too woo woo but that's kind of that's perfect what came out yeah that's beautiful and so perfect and following that knowing like that takes a bit of courage you would have been pretty comfortable where you were yeah yeah absolutely how did you find the courage to trust the unknown Mm, yeah um I think there was a there was a balance right because I I think when you're in those places where you feel really lost and confused there is such an important element of being able to redefine what you truly want and that that's like on that human level and that's just taking that time to sit down and be like okay if I could have it any way if I didn't wasn't defined by what my parents wanted or what I'd been told was success or whatever like what what is really important and really true for me uh, and that I think that's that kind of head piece <laughs> that's the logistical creating a vision using the processes to you know really define what you want taking the, the conscious time to do that we design outfits and Instagram and our houses and all these things but we often don't design our life um, and these facets of our life and what we really want with our life so I think that's that's that one piece that's really important because what that does when you do that it gives your head something to move towards you know, you, it, it's easier to, to, it's never easy to walk away from a whole life you've created and what you knew, but it is easier if you have a clear vision in your mind and will it always go that way? No way. <laughs> but mm. if you actually can define something greater, then at least when you step out of what you know, you are actually still stepping into something. Although it's a vision, there's no evidence for it being possible yet. Uh, that brings some certainty to the mind and the body, I think. Mm. Um, does that make sense? So when I left law, yeah. um, I had spent, you know, at least three years and using working with coaches and uh, in the personal development industry, f- completely redefining what this vision would be in terms of a relationship, a career, financially, my health. I'd had a really uh, challenging journey with my health, so I can I continuously recreated this vision of what I was going to step into next, um, and then to answer your question there's the moment where you don't have any evidence for why that's going to happen yet you know your brain's like that is all just big made up you know ideas in your notebook Uh, and that's the piece where the trust comes in Uh, and that's that's that courage to let go of what you have in order to step into what you want to create um there is always a void in that moment and there and the fear and everything comes up but I guess the question I always sit with is what's the alternative you, you know what your life's going to look like if you stay where you are. Um, mm. It's predictable. It's, it's going to keep unfolding most likely the way it will unfold. So I think when you get to that moment, you've defined that vision, it's like, well, what's the alternative? I know what's ahead of me here. Um, yeah. Mm, so good. And what's alive for you right now? Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, from the card we pulled at the start of the call and the session was, is the, the, the importance of that masculine and feminine energy in everything, right? And I'm not talking about men and women. I'm talking about the masculine need to drive the logical, the pragmatic, the structural, the importance of that, action orientated, and then that feminine essence of the body and the joy and the emotion and the depth and the creativity and how important, no matter what we're doing in our life, both of those energies are um, because you you just we just sway you know in society we're so extremism we sway so much and I think I'm always interested about polarities 
like how do we have both you know and mm. I and I think from a brain perspective because you know I love the brain and I love science it's quite hard for our brain to compute like we love just the one we love the this or that conversation you're either on that side or you're on that side I think it's really hard for our brains to be able to hold multiple perspectives you know um and that's and that's why I love expanding people to that. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, you're either, you know, rich or you're poor, or you're, you know, you're rich and you're an asshole, or you're this and you're that. And it's like, well, actually, how can you be all of it? How can you mm. be both? Um, What's an application of that for you in yeah. your life? Oh, like literally, I can be absolutely gunning for it. Like, uh, and when I'm being used by a bigger energy, meaning like living on purpose, right? Versus having a purpose, being on purpose and really showing up. I can work like, it doesn't feel like work, to be totally honest. Just go nonstop, right? It's, it's like even, you know, working the weekends, all sorts of things. And then straight away in the next moment or the next day or the next afternoon, I can lie on that couch and do nothing for hours and watch whatever TV I want and, you know, and not feel bad about it. But most, I think, and that for me is really important. It's the yin and the yang. It's like you're not, because I think we get so um, subscribed into identities, in the, even in the personal development world. It's like, all right, you're either a hustle hard person or you're a yogi meditator. Mm. It's like, well, actually, what if you just choose what you need in the moment? So, yeah. Why do you think, why do you think we want to be this or that? Oh, I just, honestly, that, that piece around is actually really hard for our brain to compute holding both. Um, and then I think the identity piece, I think we subscribe to these identities, these stereotypes, they give us a sense of safety. You know, it's, it's kind of confusing when you, when you like meet someone and they're suddenly like, you know, they're going hard, like they're going for it and they're like a, you know, get shit done kind of person. And then suddenly they're like posting about doing nothing all day. You're like, hold on, wait a minute. Cause we love to put people in boxes. Mm. Safer, safer for, yeah. So we know how to interact with people if we know what label they are. That's yeah. interesting. What about, I'm curious to explore that identity then, like the the ability to like hustle and follow an idea or a project and bring that to life and then lie on the couch. I've definitely noticed more so than not that if you are that hustler type or someone who likes to be busy or is constantly working on things, that the shame and the guilt that comes from lying down gets really present and you get moving again. How do you navigate going from bringing the most remarkable ideas to life to lying down and not having a shame or a guilt story going on and, and that, that judgment of self? Mm. How do you do that? Mm. Yeah, and it's very, um, very present for people when they are more in that identity of like moving and growth and making things happen uh and it's been a journey right like w literally three years ago that was my coaching assignment was to learn how to do nothing and it was some of the hardest work in a weird way right because you, you think doing nothing that's not hard it really is for people with an active mind and a lot of passion and a lot of energy behind us like that's really challenging um and I think, um, so there was, there was parts, I used to judge lazy people, <laughs> people who were slow moving, I would judge them. So <laughs> if I was going to judge them, then I was yeah. never going to be able to do that myself. 
right? Mm. So people who slept in, like all these things. People who meditated a lot of hours in a day. I'm just, that that was what was happening in my mind was this constant judgment of that. And so it was like, cool, well, I get to heal that. I get to really look at that and be totally honest with myself that I do that, right? Which is sometimes hard to admit that you do do that. Um, because that you can never, you're never going to be able to move towards something that you judge. So that was the first thing was constant, like learning to integrate parts of myself I'd disowned. So grew up in a household where it was like, open the curtains, get up, everyone, let's go. You know, you don't sit around. We're not having, watching TV. Um, you know, just to give context, when my brother got a PlayStation 2 for Christmas, my mum grabbed that PlayStation 2 and she threw it straight off the balcony, brand new, like straight off and was like, we don't have that in our house. And I love her for that. But obviously growing up with that level of doingness meant the beingness, the actual re- relaxation was a big challenge for me, right? Wow, and that, yeah. was, that was the deepest work to learn how to integrate that into my life. Um, so yeah, really learning to integrate a part of myself I'd disowned, right? So I learned how to be a high performer because that's how, you know, to my little child brain, I got love. So you perform and you do and you get achievements and that's how you're loved. So it was like, okay, cool what about this part of me that likes to relax and do nothing and be lazy, right? And I've completely disowned that part of me. So, uh, and this this is interesting because we know affirmations, like we know like, I am courageous, I am amazing. So I literally had to practice, I am lazy. (laughs) I am lazy. And that's okay, right? Powerful. That's so powerful. Thank you for being so open about that. I feel like a lot of people haven't yet been able to bring their awareness to the fuckapapa of their busyness or like the the why and the history of where that's coming from they just know that when they sit down it's too overwhelming and they just keep moving again so I think that's really beautiful that you've been able to sit down with it go to work on it and as an adult self-heal and create a new story and a new way of living and a new way of being that gives you permission to enjoy a solid Netflix binge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? And and it's really important to be really responsible when you do that. You know, um, and my nana is uh, 90 this year and she literally she knits non-stop like uh, little cotton actually great little dishcloths and these little cotton dishcloths and she says I can't sit doing nothing I can't sit doing nothing so I can see that genealogy like that lineage all the way back through the woman in my whanau. Um and that there is really important when you're bringing awareness to these things that is not their fault they didn't mess you up they didn't you know like it's it's important to realize they were doing the best they could with what they had um and that it's on you now to recreate that narrative. And because a lot of people deflect the blame, uh, like, oh, well, my family did this and that mean it did this to me. And from a victim consciousness, it's really important to be like, cool, that's what it was. And that's what occurred. And now I get to rewrite this. Uh, and for me, one of the greatest drivers when I was rewriting this narrative was that this would be my, ch- you know, I don't have children right now, but we want children. Uh, and, and I believe that they're all, you know, already on their way in some sense. And when they're here, that I was going to be programming that to them. And that's like, mm. yeah, when you realize it's about something way bigger than you as well. Yeah. So that yeah, was a that's driver. really powerful because it, it's not just about your healing journey then too. It's about what you're passing on. And even as an aunt or an uncle or a person of influence in a young person's life they do look to you as a reference point and are learning and picking things up that's definitely been my journey becoming a mother 
just being so aware of uh, yep I can continue to stay in this victim space and I'm very present to the impact that is going to have on my son and it's time to grow up it's time to step up and it's time to model and demonstrate uh, what a full experience of life can be um, I'm really keen to dive into victim consciousness because I feel like this is something that's really present with a lot of young adults, especially navigating that quarter life crisis, becoming aware of the conditioning that's either come from their parents or a political system or social constructs. And they're in that space of looking at how they might self-author a new way of being. Can you talk to a little bit about what victim consciousness is, what it looks like and sounds like, and what the alternative is? Mm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and it's a super sensitive conversation, and it can bring up a lot of triggers for people, um, You know, particularly when we're talking about big, deep issues, systemic issues that, and, you know, and things from your whanau, and it's it's huge. So it's just noticing that even when we you enter this conversation or you start to look at this, there'll naturally be even some emotions or some kind of ego deflection that starts to occur. And it's just like, cool, I'm just aware. I'm observing that I'm already starting to feel X. Do you know what I mean? Um, and just expecting that when you're coming, when you're entering that kind of conversation. Um, and I think, so if you think of victim consciousness, what occurs there is that life is happening to me and I'm at the effect of my circumstances and I don't get to say how it goes. That's that's when you really, like, if you're sitting in the, the victim's seat really strong, that's how it will occur, right? So even when COVID occurred and, and it's the economy is crashing and there's nothing we can do and, and that's like, that's as if, life is suddenly starting to happen to you, right? And having been someone in business during that time, I was like, caught it so quick because it was so quick to permeate through the entire business entrepreneurial uh, community. It was like, we're done, you know, the money, everything's crashing. It's And it was like, actually, hold on, hold on. If we buy this narrative, we're done. <laughs> like, we're going to lose all our creative resources. We're going to lose all our power. And that's what happens when you're in the seat of that victim consciousness. You really lose your incredible creative abilities that your mind has. You lose your resourcefulness. And most importantly, you actually lose your personal power right, to change because suddenly you're at the effect of everything around you um, instead of into that creative state. So if you, you know, notice, for example, and just to keep bringing context, you know, it might be, okay, and I know this was true for me, right? So I, in the area of finances, I'm really passionate about helping people with their finances and creating, you know, wealth, like true wealth and whatever wealth means for them. Um, and I know for so many years, I blamed, it looks like blame as well, deflection and avoiding, I blamed the schooling system and I blamed that my parents never spoke about money, right? We weren't, we, we were a middle class level like family, but we never spoke about money. So my awareness and consciousness around money was no, I had no idea how to even talk about it or a budget. We never had a budget in our life. I don't know how to create wealth, like none of it. And for years, I used that as a deflection and just constantly repeating that. And the more you repeat something like that, the more of it you create. <laughs> and year on year, got less and less empowered in the area of finances until finally it was like, actually, you know what? I get to be responsible for this. And when we say responsibility, 
it's not saying that all of that didn't happen or it's not even condoning all that's happened. It's just saying it is what it is. It occurred and in this moment, you get to be 100% responsible and change it moving forwards, right? And I think that's really important because sometimes when people think, oh, well, then you're just condoning everything. That's, you're not. You're really not. Like, um, you're actually saying from this point on, I'll create the new narrative or I'll take radical responsibility. Um, and, you know, if there's a co- direct correlation when you're, when you're, so if you're shifting out of victim into being radically responsible for everything in your life, that means you give up avoiding and blaming you hereby cannot use that anymore um and everything that's occurring in your space is for you to deal with uh and there's a direct the cool thing about when you really do take radical responsibility it's directly correlated to how much power personal power you experience so going back to finances if I was to only take 50% responsibility for my finances well I'm only going to feel 50% empowered and then I keep blaming the system then you know, that's a massive part of my personal power, I'm going to lose. But when I'm 100% responsible, and I'm like, radio, this is the system we're working in. My parents said what they did, the schooling system failed me here, let's go. Like, then I'm able to make change, because suddenly, I'm senior to my circumstances, I'm not at the effect of anymore, I'm senior to them, and I'm in my creator energy. Oh, yes, this is so good. And I just want to plug your money mindset program it's an amazing self-directed learning platform that lets you go through all the different components of what it takes to move into the creator mindset and consciousness with money and I'm just I was blown away at how I had been unconsciously setting myself up to fail and that I just wasn't aware of how I could seriously transform my life and my feelings about money and my beliefs about money and the way money comes towards me and flows away and just all that thing, all that stuff. It was just an amazing, amazing educational resource. So if anyone's listening and is curious about transforming their money mindset or their relationship with money or moving out of a victim consciousness with money, check out Bryony's Money Mindset Program. It's incredible, and I really mean that. Um, what does it mean for you to turn your light on? Mm. What's been your journey with that? Oh. I know you kind of touched on that at the start with your, like, shifting out of law yeah. um, and into following your knowing. But, yeah, let's start with what does it mean to turn your light on and then let's dive into some of those moments you realized it was on. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, I think, um, so I always use an a, a example and a metaphor here because this is truly what my experience was and this is how I also work with all my clients. And, you know, when they, Michelangelo was um, sculpting and creating the Statue of David, uh, you know, when he was asked about how he built this masterpiece, um, he said, I chipped away at everything that wasn't David. So I chipped away, I, you know, I had my little chisel and my and I'm chipping away at the stone right think of a big square kind of cube stone and I chip away at everything that's not David and then suddenly David emerges and it's the same when I think of working with us as a human being and an entity and a vessel and who we are each soul right every person is a unique expression if we chip away at all the crap (laughs) 
<laughs> you've collected, right? Your societal programming, your conditioning from your parents, your mask of being a good girl or, a perfect, or the perfect one or the responsible one or even the rebel, whatever identities you've collected, your fears and your programming around, you know, how fearful we are of change or the world or others. Like if we chip away at all of that stuff, then suddenly the actual masterpiece, the true essence of you emerges. And that's like, if I think of how we turn on people's lights, and this is obviously, you know, you know this is my method of, of working with people. I appreciate this may not be the only method, but if we chip away at all that stuff you've collected, then we finally see the truth of who you are. And, you know, obviously in my experience, that was, you know, my dad's a lawyer, my stepmom's a lawyer, that's a bit, you know... Did I really choose law? Who knows? <laughs> was I deeply programmed, right? And we chip away at that. And then we chip away at what society told me was successful. And then we chip away. At, I was so certainty driven. Like I just love me some certainty and, you know, perfection life and et cetera. And we chip away at that. Then what really emerges, right? Then the truth of you emerges. And I think that's only from that place can we actually ignite that light once we've removed that programming. Is that, and how is that how do you know if it's yours or if it's not yours? Yeah, I think the honest answer to that is like, well, it's a it's a deeper. I think it's a process, right? It really is a process because every you know year on year, I really look at oh, is that really mine? <laughs> Where did that one come from? Right, and these narratives and these stories. We're storytelling animals, so everything's really a story or a narrative you've subscribed to. Um, and you get to decide, maybe for a moment, you might want to live that. It might be yours. And this is the other thing to be really, really aware of as a, as a human being. If we're breaking out of all those boxes we were talking about earlier, those kind of identity boxes, you're a masterpiece and a work in progress. You're always evolving constantly evolving so a story I subscribed to a year ago I might wake up tomorrow and say you know what I don't choose that anymore so I think there's like a piece around people get so fearful around like oh I said I was vegan and now I'm vegetarian and you know um it's like you're an evolving masterpiece you can keep continually deciding if that's yours or not um when I but when you truly uh assess something I think there's like a you know a deeper knowing as well when you maybe see a narrative around you know we were talking about narratives around money or narratives around health or whatever and you really look at it or your career um and you go is that mine is that really true for me and your truth often has a different feeling right your truth is like a if you think in the body even uh logical like the head will tell you wow that I've got all this evidence why that is true and if you really go is that really mine is that really true and you get down to it often deeper in the body and, you, you know, wherever you feel your intuition or experience that is like, ah, oh, that's my truth. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. This has been a really big journey for me being diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia and moving away from those labels to a place where I could say I experienced that from time to time to a place now where it's not even really part of my how I identify or the stories that I tell myself in my head because I've done so much self-healing and interact with the world and my experience in an entirely different way. And I think that's just like a really 
beautiful win to celebrate for me anyways in my journey with this of like realizing I actually have the pen and I'm writing a story and those stories can run and you can just be picking them up not realizing that you're picking them up as well like you know the psychiatrist says to you you have clinical bipolar and schizophrenia then I'm like okay I have bipolar you know and I'm just like looking back just realizing how much I gave my power away there are certainly some cases where it was important for example with my medications we needed a diagnosis to get a medication and the conversation was an and 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 of like and I'm going to do some cognitive behavioral therapy and I'm going to work with a social worker and I'm going to eat nutritious food and start rebuilding my life again and I just think it's such a powerful thing when you realize that you are holding the pen there may be stories coming to you outside of you about who you are there may be stories coming to you through your like inner chatter let's call it that but you don't actually have to pick them up and try them on and keep them on you can pick them up try them on and see how it feels and then take them off and see what else is possible and I think this is really touching on a growth mindset and I would love to explore what that looks like and sounds like for you being someone that consistently learns, consistently grows, consistently has a self-reflective practice. What is a growth mindset to you and how do you practice it without being exhausted Mm. from all the possibilities that exist in terms of your human potential? Mm. Um, Yeah, well, growth, I that's that piece right that we're a constant work and pro- we're a masterpiece and a constant work in progress like we are here to evolve I think there's a deep part of a human being's experience that is about that evolution and that you know shifting your consciousness and expanding more awareness and how much more of life you can experience when you do that is pretty phenomenal um yes it's what you learn so I'm an avid learner like I'm always in seminars and programs and books and podcasts my partner and I get off if we were sitting on a plane separate the other day and we got off and we were both just like bah, bah, I learned this I learned this and we're just constantly evolving right and sometimes we have to pause and lie on the couch like we were talking about um but it's also the unlearning right because you said mm. yes it's what you learn but it's also what you unlearn which is mm. all those stories and all the programming that you have so I think growth is is both of those it's yes what you learn and constantly or continuously investing in yourself and going to seminars and I just I find it fascinating I mean the last few days I went on this really interesting journey one of the women I'm in a program with currently a coaching program she's phenomenal at style and fashion and branding and it's just been an area that I I don't know like I haven't you know I, I like dabbling it but I'm not in it do you know what I mean and I just went to her challenge for the last five days and I'm like mind-blowing I'm like oh this is phenomenal like this is an area that I've just kind of switched off and not really spent conscious energy or attention in and just kind of and so it was really cool experience to just learn something completely new and and discover who am I really amongst all of this? You know, my partner said to me this morning, I think she really loved fashion. I think you love this. You've just been kind of shutting it off, you know? And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. This has not been an area of importance for like five years, right? Um, and the more we kind of learn, I think the more we actually discover 
who we are. And that was the same in the area of finances. That was huge for me, like I shared. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and I'm going to learn. And when you start to learn stuff, often you love it because what what is familiar, you love and you like. And often it's just that we literally haven't learned in that area. Mm. <laughs> so I think that's really important. Um, whilst also, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot of things as well. Um, and you, you said about it being, oh, yeah. I was going to say, do you have a practice for unlearning? Do you have a set of questions mm. that you might have some self-inquiry or journaling with? Yeah, I think um, so every every day I will always reflect on what I, the wins I had. Like, so if I go to bed, like, how did we, you know, what was a win we had today? Uh, that in and of itself actually gives you insights around what you really value <laughs> because you think it's all these superficial things and then often what comes in the win is like, I had a really deep chat with the person at the post office or something, you know, and you're like, interesting. <laughs> like, that's clearly what I really care about, right? Yeah. Um, so that's cool because you actually unlearn all the stuff we're taught to value and you get really clear on what you value mm. by, by processes like that. Um, uh, so constant and then... Um, you know, things, yeah, things that always recording lessons or insights, if you're, if you're processing something, uh, what's, what's here for me to learn in this moment, I think is, is huge, right? Like every time you've got a challenge or a breakdown, uh, there's always a lesson in it. Um, and so how does that contribute to unlearning, um, just for example, you know, something goes wrong with your team or you're managing something in your business and you instantly think, oh, this is terrible. This is the worst thing ever. Like based on all that programming, based on success narratives of what success looks like. And then suddenly if you just get the lessons of what life, life is always teaching you lessons, right? It's like a, we're in like soul school. Like we're literally on this earth where our soul's <laughs> trying to evolve. It's so sending good. us all these like curriculum and lesson and we're just either getting them or we're not. And if you're not getting the lessons, you're going to repeat the lessons basically. So just constantly getting the lessons. What is this trying to teach me? What is this trying to teach me? Okay, cool. Got it. And that's just that, that constant uh, evolution through that. I think we do go and seek a lot of knowledge and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. That's awesome. But often your deepest lessons are right in front of you. <laughs> so um, you don't really need a book for those ones. You just need to be in an awareness of what's happening in your life right now. You know, sometimes just interesting examples but if something's really not flowing for us like at the moment my partner and I are trying to make some quite big life decisions we could blame the decision or the logistical thing it's not that right and so we ask what's really going on here we just go you just go one layer deeper right so we're struggling to make some of these decisions so instead of making it about the house or whatever the thing is we're trying to decide about we just say what's really going on here what's mm. actually here for us Zoom right out. yeah 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 something deeper that's so, so powerful yeah, constantly asking yourself that. Which is why it's so important to be surrounded with like-valued people as well, because we weren't made to go on that journey alone necessarily. And I suppose, you know, one of the things that I do really value from my upbringing, being in church and youth groups and life groups and all that, was the community around doing life together and just journeying together. And as an adult, I've been able to discover that through different communities and also through really leading what I need and setting up different spaces and places to be supported to explore this or going into coaching or mentoring or personal development seminars or whatever it is to just find that next level of 
yeah what's possible for me I guess but I think one thing that was a really big lesson coming out of the church space and then being in without community and thinking that I could do it all on my own was that I couldn't do it all on my own (laughs) and that there's a really beautiful space and time in my life daily monthly weekly whatever yearly for just that time alone to reflect and celebrate and be and then just being mindful of okay now where's the space with community for that too because we're not we're not meant to do it alone so yeah um I really want to drive into dive into medicine and you as someone I am just blown away by your ability to learn new tools strategies techniques medicines apply them to your life and then see the transformational change and difference it can do I'm really curious about what your maybe top three medicines have been and finding yourself and unapologetically expressing who you really are. Mm, powerful. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm always trying on new medicines. Um, and I think that's really important to also know that when you try on new things, A, it's just that really open, inquisitive mindset of like, hmm, interesting, what could be here for me in this, you know, like, what could I discover in this? And then after, once I do an integration of a a medicine as such, um, I'll decide if I want to keep it moving forwards or not. And I think that's really important because we can get, um, every human has different medicine that's true for them. Uh, Some it's movement, some it's more spiritual practices, some it's personal development, like whatever it is. And I think we get really prescriptive about that. And so just being really kind with yourself that, okay, maybe my best friend got amazing results and then I did it for 30 days or something. I didn't really feel as connected to it. Cool. It's not necessarily your truth or your medicine, just allowing yourself. Yeah, really important because... Yeah, you know, Instagram culture, it's like, this is what I do, this is what I do. And it's like, cool, and you've got to decide what's true for you. Um, mm. So medicines, yeah, there's oh, so so many magical things. Uh, but if I really think of the top few, um, so one of my medicines, obviously I'm, I'm a coach, has been the coaching industry. I, tr- I like and utilizing and leveraging coaches um, for a number of reasons. Um, I was a do-it-alone person too. Like, lone wolf, look like I've got my whole life together. Uh, And when I first hired a coach, it was the first time in my life I actually admitted, you know, that I couldn't do it alone and I needed help. And I think there's something really beautiful in just doing that, right? Just being like, you know what? And actually giving yourself permission that you don't need to. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, um, I could do it alone. But it's like, but you don't need to. You don't have to. Like, what if it's easier with a community and with mentorship and it's more fun? Like, So, like, I'm sure I could have figured out a lot of things on my own, but it would have been slow and painful and hard. And it's giving, it was giving myself permission, oh, it doesn't have to be that way. I'm actually worthy of investing in myself and having it be fun and exciting. Um, so that was, that's been huge. And when I think of working with coaches specifically, the reason is, A, it's more fun because it's a community and it's connection. Uh, there's huge accountability, which is incredible. Uh, and I, I re- uh, respond really well to accountability. <laughs> um, I, you know, to other people holding me to account. Um, 
And I think it's just that deep, continual awareness. Like a coach is never really telling you what to do as such, but they're a mirror for everything that they'll just mirror back to you. Did you notice this? Did you see this? And I find that phenomenal um, that I can, you know, kind of be going through an experience and have someone to give me that feedback straight away. We have it in sports and stuff. You know, you, if you're a gymnast, you jump on the trampoline and jump, and then they go, oh, try, tweak that, move that. And it's like the same mm. in life. Yeah. Mm, that's a great that's a great way to look at it yeah so yeah like we we literally have those people in sports that are giving you that real-time feedback hey when you did this x happened did you notice that so for context like a few weeks ago we had this incredible incredible few weeks in business like absolutely phenomenal best we've ever had it was extraordinary we were flying high and celebrating and then about three days after that uh my ego took hold and became overwhelmed and became stressful and became you're not doing enough now now you're not going to fulfill on all of that and just absolutely ran rampant for me and I was crying in the car and I was like oh just completely overwhelmed and then I got on a coaching call with my coach and they said interesting did you notice that you had your best few weeks you've ever had in your entire journey of business and then you self-sabotage three days later and it all comes crashing down because you know you my ego just wanted to make it harder and I was like, I started laughing. I was like, I did not even compute that that's what I'd done. I truly felt like I was overwhelmed and stressed, but it was just my ego being like, now I'm going to find a way to ruin this. And so I just literally started laughing when he put the mirror back for me. I was like, whoa, I did not even realize that's what I'd done. Um, imagine how long that could have spiraled. Yeah. You know? And so you, there was no reason for that. It wasn't. It no, wasn't it was that just, you had overcommitted. It was no, like, no. it was this ego. Like, I'm, oh. I'm going to make sure you don't enjoy this experience. Do you know what I mean? Wow. It was self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah. No, we were fine. And, you know, once, yeah, there was a few more commitments, but, like, totally fine when I got back to that resourceful state. Um, yeah, so I think that that's for me as a medicine. It's like that real-time feedback that someone who's got you when you're, you know, so you don't spiral for as long and just that, yeah, constant, yeah, I love that. Um so that's one medicine that that's powerful. I'm super, super passionate about. I love the gymnast. I love the gymnast analogy because often it's us and us in our head, you know, coaching ourselves. And it's actually not always the best point of view. You know, you're not able to take a step out and a zoom out to really see what's going on. And you're only able to do that from the depths that you've met yourself. And so... That's a really powerful reframe about the importance of having a mentor or a coach or someone who can really offer you into that next stage of your potential. I love that. Thank you for Mm. sharing that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What else has been alive for you in terms of medicines? Oh, dance. Like you gotta move, you know, like your state. Your physiology is everything. And even in the days of technology and our phones, like we're looking down and we're shoulders over and we're, and that, that, like that is just your whole body, your mind will start to react in the way that your body is, right? They're very, they're interconnected. Your mind, body, soul, we know that. So if you're looking down at your phone constantly all day or you're down on your laptop and your head's down and everything, you're literally starting to release or lack of releasing those great um, kind of hormones and stuff. You're literally, and then your brain will naturally start to go towards thought patterns that are less powerful, right? It's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm not feeling that great. I'm a bit tired, I'm a bit sluggish or why am I not good enough for that? And that's all just, 
they're all correlated. So our physiology, the ability to get the shoulders back, get the head up, get the heart going, get the movement, let, get out of your head, to be honest, and just allow yourself to move and let the music move you, mm. phenomenal, right? And I'm like, not saying I'm a good dancer, not even saying I'm a muso, but when that music comes on, it's like training yourself to get into that energetic frequency. And I remember when I first started this journey with movement and I was just like, boogie on the way to the fridge or like, you know, it doesn't have to be in the dance club where I'm so old school, I call it a dance club, in the club, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Clearly don't go to dance club nightclubs in Monica. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that. You're allowed to move. <laughs> Jeez, losing it. Me and, yeah, I just gave away my lifestyle or lack of nightlife. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that context. It gets oh, to be anywhere. It. it gets to be in the supermarket. And I yes. do it in the supermarket. Like, I ask my partner, I'll just start booging away and get a bit weird and be like, <laughs> you know, and just like really allowing that frequency and joy into the everyday experience. Amazing. Oh, I and love if you, it. I love you know, it. If you really want to rewire that at a um, neural pathway and conditioning in your body, just set five joy alarms a day. Five alarms, five joy alarms. When they go off, make sure the alarm notification has fun, like little unicorn and rainbow and whatever. So like when you see it, you're not like, ah, like you're like, oh, fun. And Mm. five joy alarms. And when that alarm goes off, you have to stop whatever you are doing and you've got to move or like let the winds, let the energy permeate and just move. And that... For me, retrained, and that became my new normal. Like, it's a big fuck yes from me. You know, <laughs> I was coming into this podcast today, and you know what I thought? I thought this is a podcast with Bryony, and it would be a disservice to not have a dance party before I get yes. on. Yes. And that's exactly yes. what yes. I did. And yes. there is something so remarkable that happens. Like, for people listening, Look, the one thing from this call that to bring a bit of fun and play into your life and know that, yep, there are hard moments and I get to have fun. I get to express myself. Do the joy alarms. This is such a powerful, powerful shift to your whole experience in a day to dance like no one is watching and just have fun to your favorite song. I love that you've shared this. This is so good. It's it's a game changer. Favorite music to dance to? I have to ask. Oh, oh mate, I got. I honestly can. That that's that duality piece, right? I can sing from all sorts of things. Um, I know. Uh, what will I? What will I jam? Um, Higher Love, Whitney, always goes, always mm. goes great. Any any kind of, um, I know Tony Robbins seminars, like I've done all his work and he's got all the playlists on Spotify. So I'll always jam some of those because I've got like past conditioning to those songs. Um, just, and really allow also, again, yeah, whatever you, you're moving into. But I'm, I'm quite a poppy kind of. Mm, my yes. partner D is a very like EDM like <laughs> yes so, D like, just like really we just really when we're always pre-coaching calls uh we start a lot of our coaching calls in our programs with the dance party like just get that vibration in state you know so yeah I love this that's yeah. so good I'm I'm so hardcore for drum and bass like yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not a regular mom I'm a cool yeah, mom I love it. yeah you are yeah you are in the club the dance club. I call club. it the dance club. <laughs> yeah. It's how long it's been. Oh, it's how long too it's good. Been. 
it's good well why would you go mm. when you can make it wherever you are i love it um oh, yeah. okay what would be your final medicine that you want to share with everyone listening mm. it's probably just because it's very um relevant for me right now uh and i've been on a really big journey with it uh and even you know looping all the way back to the start of call that temperance like it's and it's a bit more again we're just going dualities it's a bit more serious but it's the elimination of the things that have started to be excess in your life so i play a lot with um taking a time period and actually deciding okay over the 60 days uh, also part of some of our program designs I'm going to remove whatever this thing is, right? Something that I know has been creeping in and really starting to kind of distract me or even even elements from, I had an eating disorder for years, so I am aware of addictive tendencies and I'll just grab that thing and be like, right, you and me, 60 days, we're going to create some space, right? And I'm not saying, no, dear, we never do this thing again. I just, I think it's really important uh, for us to be continually creating space with these things that are kind of energy drainers, right? For some people, like it might be um, alcohol or coffee or social media or like these these things that are, you know, start to drain our energy because like we're talking about the frequency of raising your frequency and dance and everything and it's, and it's so good. And then we need to also look at, mm, I've got some energy vampires around here. I've got some things that I know I'm doing a lot of and I get to just put a bit of space between me and that again. Um, and the reason I think it's so important is because that's what maintains your personal freedom, right? If you're, if you're truly uh, reliant on something or addicted to something or whatever that is, um, whatever language you use, then you don't, it owns you. You don't own it. So I'm hyper aware of when I start to have that relationship to things and I'll just put, say, 60 days, we're just going to have a little break and I'm going to get some breathing space back. Um, and that's been super challenging for me. It's probably something I've played with more in the last year of my life. Like we'll always have something we're in a practice of. Uh, powerful because you discover self-discipline, you re- re-establish some self-control muscle again. Just really great for that. Like, we'll, um, you know, it's like getting back in the gym with that kind of commitment muscle. Uh, so... That's been, and the coolest thing about that is not just that you get rid of that thing for a wee while and you, it's what you discover in the space. Yeah, right. That was going yeah. to be my next question because it would have slowly crept in Yep. As, for a reason, right? Yeah. yeah. So making some space between it gives you the opportunity to discover, hey, what, what, what was. was going on here. Yeah. 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 And, and so cool. that can be spaciousness between things like, um, like what have been some things for you that you've noticed and you're like, I'm going to make some space between that. Mm. Yeah, I've done quite a few and we, and, um, so for some people that's social media. So they say, okay, cool. I'm going to say that I have 30 minutes of social media a day instead of just unlimited. I know there's a time where you could literally put on your phone to do that. Mm. Um, that's incredible and I've had a lot of clients do that one because uh, they know that that relationship is strained or challenging that relationship with social media and they know and you know discovering within that reading more or spending time or the self-reflection the journaling right these are all the things that when the brain doesn't have that constant stimulation it's like oh okay uh, I've done coffee coffee's been huge for me I 
don't like I've done coffee multiple times actually because it crept back in and you know I do really love the ritual of coffee but when I got clear it was like oh what what was I what was that really about and it was all about connecting with myself I'd go to a cafe get a coffee get my journal and it was this like that's what I was really craving right Mm. Mm. um what else have we done we've done processed sugar that was phenomenal like I felt fell in love with fruit again and like all sorts of things um and just uh what other ones have we done social media the those are probably the primary ones we've played with we've done a lot of health related ones glutens like different kind of foods that we've been moving towards a lot of um trying to think of some other good ones that people have done a lot of people have done alcohol that's a really common one in our part I, I personally don't drink so um that's never been like a big drawer for me but a lot of my clients have done alcohol and so cool what they mm. discover right mm. it's not it's, and I just want to be clear this is not anti-anything <laughs> like yeah yeah it's it's what what is what are those things taking up space for and what are we going to discover and when we buy back so um the concept is buying back some energetic real estate so all these things are taking up a bit of energetic real estate, right? And we're just going to buy them back. We're just going to be like, you know what? I'll have that one. I'll take that one back. Um, and then yeah, you become wealthy in, the, in your frequency and your energy. Beautiful. I love this. I'm curious to understand what are some of your personal rituals or practices that you have in your life that set you up for freedom or... Maybe for you to feel like you can unapologetically do you with radical self-belief, with radical self-confidence and of service to your higher purpose. Mm, Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I was was running through these with a client the other day because over time, uh, and that's, you know, for anyone listening habits and things build over time right we we're really tough on ourselves to be like okay I just need to integrate these million things at once and it's overwhelming and it's a lot and so over the last even like five years I've been integrating new habits bit by bit to the point sometimes that I actually don't even know they're a thing anymore do you know what I mean Mm. um so yeah it's really interesting to think of that I am actually uh I'm extremely diligent on my self-care as much as I um, like really diligent. And I that's been something in the last year and a half with the growth of business and a team, I became more and more stro- like non-negotiable frequency on. I was like, right, this is an absolute must. So on that, um, I have massages uh, and infrared saunas and I have a trainer at the gym. And those are like, those ones are all really important for me um, because they're all very physical and I, they're like how I help lymphocyte my body and kind of make sure my body's matching my mind. Um, so those are like absolute must. I, don't, I wouldn't even miss those either. Like I, yeah. So um, I think you really get to discover what that means for you and it's not self-indulgent. It's like you are an incredible asset and you need to honor yourself. And especially if you want to live a life of purpose and service, you need to fill that tank. Not in a way when there's a little bit of time left at the end of the day. And like that is the foundations in first. Yeah, Uh, I love this. 
And if I don't do that, I will know about it because Mm -hmm. I'll get irritable and I'll get frustrated and I'll get snappy and I'll get short and I won't have that abundant energy to give, right? And that's like, I can, I'm very hyper aware of when I'm tipping into that and I'm like, cool, I just need to refuel that tank constantly. Um, So those ones are really important for me, uh, like those, even those few on that physical level because they're what, they increase that energy, they're my time, they're my gift to myself, um, so I think, yeah, that those are huge. Um, other practices, I can get very deep in a detail um, and I can get very deep in doing, <laughs> like execution, strong executor. And I think a lot of people, even if you're listening to this podcast, you probably love learning and you're probably a doer too. You're probably driving right now and learning or you know, walking to work and listening and like always doing, right? Multitaskers to the max. And um, yeah, I think that's super important. Uh, I can't even remember where I was going to take that one. Um, oh, my brain's completely gapped on that one. But that's right. Completely it gone. will come back. It will come it back. It will come back. If it to. was meant to come through, it would come through. Um, so, uh, oh, yes, I know exactly where I was going. Sorry. So that's that constant doing, constantly moving forwards, future focus. So reflection has been huge. And that, for me, the two fundamental times, end of day, so end of day, how do we win today? What do we create today? What do we learn today? What are we going to do differently tomorrow? Done. Mm. Uh, that's like, like every day. I will never leave my desk or go to sleep without that process being done. That's like a must and set yourself up for the next day. And on a Sunday, I'll again, just learning to zoom out as someone who can get deep in the detail. On a Sunday, I'll look at the week and I'll look back and I'll think like, cool, what, what, what milestones did we hit this week? You know, how did we go? And, and on a more zoomed out spectrum and I'll look at the week ahead and I'll make sure that week is a true reflection of the kind of week I would want to live. So do I have some social connection in there? Have I got enough mahi scheduled in there? Um, usually have plenty of mahi, it's the other things. <laughs> have I got all my self-care rituals? You know, some appointments for me, some time for me, some socialising, some a call with my whanau, like, and I actually look at the week on that level because so many people are like, oh, you know, when it gets to the holidays, then I'm going to do that then. How you spend your days is how you spend your life. So make each day or each week a true reflection of the kind of life you want to be living. And I was just talking to my clients about this the other week. I also have white space in that calendar, right? <laughs> it's like people freak out about white space in the calendar. Like, oh gosh, I I have clear white space because I'll either have a moment to myself or there'll be some big fire breakdown thing happening in business and we've got to fight that and that's fine that's what that white space for so the daily reflection and the weekly reflection and the Sunday um I've actually got resources on that which I can give to you Jim there's a daily reflection one and a Sunday reflection pdfs that I've created um that I share with anyone who wants to have a go at those two rituals as well um and you know we're talking well the Sunday one takes a bit longer but we're talking five or ten minutes you know it's not a long time to give yourself just that moment um so yeah that's become really integrated as well so the self-care rituals and then uh that process is huge uh and then one last one that I just want to share because I think it's actually really special um it doesn't really you know it could be that it's in your fam and your within your family or in your intimate relationship but it's a process of acknowledgement and that is what that looks like so my partner and I before we go to sleep we'll just say to each other hey what would you like to be acknowledged for today and you'll ask for what you need because I think often so many of us are walking around like can someone just acknowledge me for this uh or you know tell me I'm doing a good job well how about if you actually learn to ask for what you need 
you know, so we'll just say to each other, hey, what would you like to be acknowledged for today? Uh, and then, you know, they might say, oh, you know, I worked really hard on that piece of work or I, you know, um, made us an amazing dinner. And then we'll just acknowledge each other for that. And that just brings some love and some generosity and some presence back into the relationship. Um, oh, that is so yeah. precious. Yeah, it's, that it's is a beautiful amazing. ritual. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. and it just brings that generosity back, you know, instead of like, oh, they didn't do this or that or whatever our brain starts doing, it's like, got it, yeah, that was incredible how you did that for us, thank you, and just really um, that deeper connection together. And like I said, that could be with your intimate partner going to sleep or that might be uh, with someone in your family or with your children, you know, like that could be anyone that's not, that can that practice can be created, yeah. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing those. I've got one final question, which is what piece of advice, insight, learning, inspiration would you like to give your younger self or somebody navigating their quarter life crisis, trying to discover how they can turn their light on and unapologetically follow their dreams? Mm, I've got tears in my eyes when you ask that. So I think, um, it, the honestly, the thing that's really important is to understand that you matter. Like, you matter. You have a place in the world. There is uh, a unique soul expression within you, and you really matter. Your impact matters. Um, your voice matters. It all matters, right? We Sometimes we move through the world thinking, oh, no one would notice if I didn't do this or if I didn't share that or, like, you know, who am I to do that? And it's just, like, truly at your core, not in an egotistical way, but at your core, stepping into and owning that I matter I was put on this planet for a reason um Mm. and yeah just really owning that Mm. beautiful I so agree I've got goosebumps what a moment thank you so much for sharing this space and time together and open sourcing so much secret sauce golden nuggets just like everything I'm so grateful for you and for your generosity and your wisdom and all of the paths that you choose to go down and then I guess the way that I see you 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 go down these paths and then you kind of are like laying paved stones and then you turn around and you're like hey guys, like over here, you know, and I'm just so grateful for that, for you and for everything you've shared. How can people connect with you if they're interested in working with you or finding more out about the the magic that you bring into the world? Yeah, awesome. Uh, Instagram's the easiest platform. Um, it's untapped with Bryony on Instagram and I can make sure that you include the link and that's where I'll share you know stuff about what's happening in our program some like how to's and resources and things through there um and if you do when you do follow on there there's a couple of free mini courses that I've created which are just such a beautiful place to start they you know like I said they're free they're set up like a three day or a five day and they're some of these tools we've talked about so you know the ability to take stock with a life audit discover your values spend some time doing your vision that's all included in those mini courses so for anyone who's like okay that that was exciting but I I want to start discovering my truth and my and what's unique to me uh that's where i definitely start it, there's some great resources in those mini courses so we can include those as well yeah amazing and i yeah i have to say that doing the values discovery is life-changing even yeah. in and of itself 
So for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Really want to encourage you to pick up and try on something that's really stuck with you today and give yourself permission to try and create something different in your life because you're worth it. You matter. And I am so looking forward to sharing more inspiration on the next episode. So stay tuned and karakite. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our special guest. This is your chance to take a moment for yourself and really reflect on what's landed for you over this episode. Yep, right now. Pull over in the car, stop working, take a minute and write it down and turn that into one actionable goal so that you can integrate and apply what's come to light in this episode into your life. If you're picking up what we're putting down, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear when the next squeeze of Audible Juice is live in a new app. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.